This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. oh may your apologies be as loud as the disrespect you have shown yes (laughs) self-criticism oh my days oh yes mate absolutely buzzing buzzing oh i want Genuinely, the feeling of euphoria inside me is so good. So good. (laughs) We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about all of it. We're going to get your thoughts, your comments, your forgiveness will be given. And your apologies will be loud. We'll speak to you in just a second. Hello and welcome. So the Guna talk back again with you guys for another glorious episode of the Raw Reaction Show straight after Arsenal have won. Oh, blurry. 3-1 at Leicester. Um, oh, dearie me. Dearie me. What have we just seen? <laughs> what have we witnessed? Oh, absolutely fantastic. Absolutely unbelievably good. I just... oh man Pablo Mira in the chat says Tom can you believe all these people moaning about William at the start of the game the world has gone mad (laughs) oh I'll tell you if you can't enjoy that if you can't see and look at that game and go what a great performance I don't know what you want I don't know what you want You only tweet when we're losing. Tweet when we're losing. (laughs) Oh, dearie me. Absolutely fantastic stuff from the boys today. We're going to get your thoughts. We're going to get your comments. We're going to get your thoughts and feelings of forgiveness and apologies into the chat this afternoon. 
Let's let's land back on planet Earth for a second. Um, Willian, the reason why I'm calling about calling out, I suppose is the right way to put it, about forgiveness is because I obviously the lineup comes out an hour before kickoff. And it comes out an hour before kickoff and uh meltdown. I mean, who would have thought it? Who would have thought the Arsenal fan base would go into meltdown <laughs> as soon as you see Willian? On the pitch, because the amount of people that wanted Gabriel Martinelli on the on the pitch today was a lot. There was lots and lots of people, and you can understand why. It's not just it's not a ridiculous suggestion to want Gabriel Martinelli. That's not my criticism. What my thing my thing is about this, and as I tweeted, is that I thought there was solid explanation as to why Willian started over Gabriel, and I tweeted it at the start of the game, and I said, based upon their last two performances, as in both of them played against Benfica. Martinelli in the first leg, Willian came on the second leg. And if you're only as good as your last game, Willian was the better player of the two and deserved to start this match based upon the performance that he put in when he came on against Benfica. And yet still, there was utter, 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 just melt, pure melting down of, of feelings and emotions straight after the, the lineup was announced. And I tried to make sense of it and I got barrages of criticism for trying to make sense of Willian starting and it was justified now I'm not going to sit here and go that I've said all season that Willian is this amazing player he I don't think he has been he's been pretty darn dreadful this season it's fair to say and we've sat and I've sat here and I've sat on Hugh's show and we've said that it's frustrating seeing Willian keep on being given these opportunities he hadn't started a game for Arsenal for nearly well on two months and clearly Arteta felt the time to give him a break was in those periods. He took him away from the lineup. Yes, he still brought him on, but he was still kind of keeping him out at the start in 11. He brings it back in today because we needed rotation. We had to desperately rotate. And he and he really took a bit of a risk today, Arteta, and it paid off hugely with the rotation that he made. Um, but yeah, just um, he was fantastic. Really good. The energy was there. The, the incisiveness was there. The commitment was there. The injection of pace and energy was there. Everything that he's not done over the recent kind of months or so. And now the question will be all about continuing it, about pushing it forwards, about it being maintained, about it coming forwards and maintaining this throughout as much of the season as feasibly possible. I spoke to uh, a guy at 101 I work with called Rob. He's a Chelsea fan. And basically he put it down as this is the start of the six game period where he has a good chunk of games and then we'll go off the boil again. And if he gives us six more games as good as that, <laughs> you know, I won't be happy in terms of how much we're paying him, but I'll be pleased during those games. But hopefully he can continue it on. Really, really, really do. Um Round one says, put some respect on Willian's name. Our fan base are a disgrace, says round one. Class is permanent, which is why Chelsea didn't want to sell him. Right. What I will say is that we need to calm down. <laughs> we need to calm down a little. We can have a fun and a joke and a laugh. And we can all laugh at some people. We can laugh at ourselves. He's not the Messiah. He's not our saviour. He has still been very poor this season. <laughs> that is very true. But when he has a good game, and he's had a good couple of games now, one and a half games, he's in deserving of some praise. And that is certainly what we do. And we criticise when people deserve criticism. And we support and we praise when people deserve that too. That is what we do. Because we're level-headed. And we haven't got an agenda. And we just want to be outright supportive and level-headed in our thinking, an explanation about situations. That's what we do. It's what we try. 
Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Maciek says, Leicester without Madison and Barnes in the second half seems like they had no idea how to break through the final third, but fair play to our team. They took advantage of that. I don't want to hear a single excuse of anyone saying this was Leicester's B team because of what we put out today. We put out a heavily rotated squad. We lost Emil Smith-Rowe partway through the game. And thankfully, thank God... I can't remember. Was there anyone out there criticising that that Erdogan son? I'm, I'm sure there was people out there that criticised. Why? Why would you bring in another? What we've got a Millsmith throw? What do we need another one for? That's what people said. People said to me, "Why do we need? Why do we need someone else?" That's why you need someone else. And Erdogan, I thought, came on and had a big, big impact. Unique seventy nine says it is frustrating, Tom, because when we are on our game, we can beat many teams. We just need consistency, which we don't have at the moment. And unique, I think the thing is, is that we will get consistency. The long and the better players that we add to the team, ultimately, the better, the longer we stick and can gel this side together, and the longer time the coach has got with these players, he will be back. He will be getting this team better and together and cohesive and adding quality and getting rid of players that don't give us that quality. Um, Where's my boy? Where's my boy, Yonick? Come on, Yonick. What's, what's your assessment of the game, son? You know I'm going to come to you. <laughs> you know I'm going to come to you, son. Where are you? Give me your thoughts, as everyone else should as well. Ansgar says, I'm not sure Martinelli would fit in well today. Pepe on the wing needs the creative player on the other wing. Pepe doesn't link up the play fast. We can have that on both wings. I disagreed originally before the game. I thought this was a good game for Martinelli. I thought Leicester might have more of the ball. I thought you could press them, give us that bit of energy. And he's very, very fresh because he hasn't played too much football. He didn't choose to do that, though. He wanted to play Pepe and Willian. Again, two players that have also been quite fresh because Erdogan, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe and Saka played on Thursday night. And yes, Willian came on during the game and Pepe didn't play too great against Man City, but he played them and they did well. And not only that, Pepe did well on the right-hand side. He's played well on the right. I feel like that's something that not many people have picked up on today is that we've criticised him on the right-hand side for a really long time. The fact that why Arteta has switched him back because he did so well on the left. So why on earth, why did we, why switch into the right again? But again, once again, really was uh, proven wrong. Once again, fantastic stuff. Uh, Fallas in the chat says, where are the Flying Fish members? Comply, comply. Where are the flying fish in the chat? Let's get them flying about all over the place, making an absolute mug of people. <laughs> um, uh, Jolion. Jolion. It's, it's clearly Jolion. I don't know why I said Jolion. Really over-enunciated your name, Jolion. <laughs> what apology? We are 10th. What is wrong with you people? Where have our standards gone? May you apologise for lowering expectations of this club, this great club, this wonderful club. Once again, this club that has consistently recruited poorly, that has finally in the last year started to change their recruitment, that has finally started to defend a bit better, except for the first 10 minutes of today. Ignore that bit. Other than that, well, what are, what are your perceptions? They've changed. They've gone. What are you thinking? Get real, fella. Get realistic, son. JD says, Cedric is right back and see the change in Pepe. Finally, hope Arteta sees that Bellerin is not good enough. And fair play to, to, to Arteta for playing Cedric. And fair play, Cedric. Another really good display at right back. Thursday, Olympiak. Sorry, not Thursday, Olympiak, of course. Saturday, Burnley. I want to see Cedric playing again. Bellerin does not get back in until he earns. Arteta talks about how we need to earn places. People are competing. People are waiting for their chance. Cedric took his chance today. Cedric took his chance, and he deserves, deserves to start once again. Uh, round one says, get uh, French on. Great opinions. Another very level-headed 
Arsenal fan. French will be back. I can tell you exactly when French will be back. Uh, probably as soon as he books himself onto one of the shows <laughs> that's coming up, uh, which he hasn't done yet. It's the, I've sent him the link. French, are you watching, son? Book yourself onto one of these shows, mate. Deary, deary me. Um, tomorrow's podcast, though, I can tell you. And if you haven't dropped a like on today's video, please, please do. Um, tomorrow at 8 30, Owen, Wayne, and Mike are all going to be on tomorrow's show. Uh, wow, we've really been outnumbered by the Irish in tomorrow's show with Owen and Wayne coming on, uh, with me and Mike, of course, as per. Um, Digi Things says, uh, today was uh, the game that fully convinced me on Cedric and the way his overlapping enabled Pepe was a big part of that. And this is what I'm saying is we need to find ways to get the best from Pepe. And if it is ultimately playing Cedric in behind him, that's what we need to do. That's what must change. We need to find someone. If the rumours about him supposedly coming towards the end of his time at Arsenal are true, then that is something that we need to facilitate. We need to move him on. I, do, I wrote an article the other day, guys, about the five right-backs I thought Arsenal could look to bring in in the summer window. Give, give it a look. It's on 101. It's on my profile. You'll be able to find it. Or you can DM me and I'll send it to you. But it, we just need to stop shooting ourselves in the foot with some of the team selections and we need to reward players for really good form and we should be doing that with Cedric. Also, what I want to say is I had a bit of a criticism today. There is a criticism I do have and that's of Mohamed Elneny. Um, if there was ever any evidence, again, of a player that looked, for me, out of his depth, a player that was significantly improved upon when Partey came on. Um, I think I saw a tweet from... It may have been uh, Charles Watts at the start of the game. Let me just check. I just want to make sure that's right. But effectively, there was a tweet at the start of the game about how Elneny had passed a certain amount of percentage of his passes backwards already, and it was a ridiculous percentage. Uh, it might have been Chris Wheatley that actually tweeted it out. I just need to find it. Um, but he's so negative. Like He's ultimately really, really negative, and it's something that it's not a case of me going, I can't stand for it anymore. It's just frustrating to see how many times he passes the ball backwards. That's what's really frustrating. And Xhaka is guilty of that too. And Xhaka did it a couple of times in the first half. Second half um, was a lot better. Was it James Benj? I'm being told it was James Benj in the chat. Good friend of the show, James. Top journalist. Make sure you forgive him a follow. Um, where is the tweet? 11.8% of the passes attempted by Elneny have gone forwards, and that was tweeted uh, 25 minutes into the game. It's just ridiculous because the centre midfielders, especially the one next to Xhaka, has got to progress the play up the pitch, and that is why we need to upgrade in that position. It's just very, very clear that that is the area that we need to be pushing forwards. Uh, Vinny says, issue is, Tom, if Partey wasn't fit and Ceballos had the nightmare he did in midweek, the only option was Elneny this weekend. You're 100% spot on. And it's not me saying that I don't think Elneny should have started for rotation. It was probably the right decision to start Elneny in this game. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it makes it very clear that that is a position and that is a player that needs to be moved on in the summer and we need to make sure we upgrade on him in the summer. We need to be bringing in a partner for Thomas Partey, further competition for Granite Xhaka that is going to take that centre midfield spot. We need to be looking at bringing in our very own Yuri Tielemans type of player or an Ives Basuma type of player who I know are different, but you just need that quality central midfield player 
playing next to Partey consistently. And also, when Partey has his centre midfield problems and his issues and his injuries, you can bring someone in. And that's why I don't think necessarily, no, I'm not saying that we need to up, that we need to give Granite Xhaka a contract extension. I'm not falling on the side of we need to move him on this summer. I just think we need to add further centre midfield quality. I think if you've got a midfield three of Partey, someone else and Granite Xhaka for two positions on the pitch, that's strong competition for places. And I think that is something that Arsenal need to look at in the summer for sure. We just don't need... And there are youngsters coming through. Fubar says... Promote Aziz to the first team. Aziz is still very, very young and he's not accomplished. And sometimes at Arsenal, we have a habit of desperately wanting a new toy to come into the side. And then actually when they reach that level, they're promoted too quickly and then they crash and burn. Alternatively, we can do what we do with Balogun and not promote them quickly enough. It's about finding that balance. That is ultimately what needs to happen. Uh, let's scroll up and see some more of your comments. Uh, Lenny says, Cedric, the ball in the first few minutes, more than Bellerin all season. Um, it's just, I get that. But overall, his performance was better than Bellerin. That is fact. Bellerin's performances over the last month or two have been really, really poor in comparison to Cedric's. And so whilst, again, I reiterate that on paper, I don't believe Cedric to be better than Bellerin. But based on pure form right now, Cedric is the obvious pick. Cedric is an out and out for me, back up right back. But our starting right back is not playing well enough right now. And we need to be looking at moving him on in the summer for me and upgrading on that position. Um, <laughs> he said that we had an agenda early in the season. But he's not been Vinny. And I think you're being harsh, mate. I think you're harsh. Suraj says, uh, how good was Lacazette today? Still think we'd... Uh, be selling him though. So do I. I think he's a position that we need to move on as well in the summer. A year left on his deal. Upgrade on him. Go and get a younger striker that can be our striker for the next five, six, seven, however many years that we need him to be. Glenn Cook says, once our 25-man squad is filled with better players, then the desire to push the youngsters into the team will start to subside. Very true. And because there is so much of a lack of quality amongst the first team squad, we're always desperate to see something new, an injection of something different. And that comes from the youth side. But if we've got a quality, quality squad, you don't see that as much. I mean, you look at Manchester City. How many youngsters in that Man City side are desperately breaking into that first team? How many times do you see Man City fans wanting to give young players an opportunity? You don't, because they've got quality throughout the team. And that's why the only one of real note is Phil Foden coming through, who is good enough to break into that first team. It's just one player. But at Arsenal, we've got loads of players that have arguably been trying to get minutes this season. Reese Nelson and Ketia, Joe Willock, Emil Smith-Rowe, Gabriel Martinelli. Too many young, really young players are getting into the Arsenal first team. Bakayo Saka, I've not even mentioned him. There are too many sub-20 players that are getting into the Arsenal first team. And I know it's great to have a really good kind of boost of youth coming through. But when those young players include Nketia, and, uh, and Nelson and um, Willock, who for me aren't good enough to make the Arsenal first team in the long term, that for me is a big tell to say that something isn't right here, that these guys are getting shots. We need to be giving opportunities to players that we bring in of real quality. And it's going to take time because Arsenal don't have the funding and the investment from their owners on a regular enough basis now to change the bad recruitment of when they did actually start spending money after 2013. And obviously there were some years that we didn't. 
We recruited so poorly that we put ourselves in a situation where we're really kind of having to turn things around in such a short space of time and people's expectations are so skewed and wrong that they aren't going to get what they want. Um, Zamir says, on paper, <laughs> on computer, on typewriter, Cedric is just better than Bellerin. <laughs> Bellerin has regressed. Uh, again, I still think it's down to form. I still genuinely believe it's down to form. Cedric is having a good period now, but when he joined, their performances that I really questioned when he played. So he needs to start, Cedric, 100%. Better on form right now than Bellerin, but I, for me, he's still not 100% a clear-cut, better player than Bellerin right now. But Bellerin's form is so bad, so bad, that we just can't start Bellerin. He can't start against Burnley. It must be Cedric that plays. Um, Porky Pork says, Tom, did we just win a game without Saka? Glad he rested. He needed it. The boys played well today. Whose birthday is it, Matt? Happy birthday, Matt. I hope you have an absolutely fantastic day and glad the boys pulled out of the bag for you. Uh, Omar says, just improve on uh, Bellerin, keep Erdegaard and get a new striker and move on the likes of Xhaka and Elneny. I'm telling you, next season we are set. I At the moment, I'm not I'm not moving on Xhaka. I'm definitely upgrading on him. I'm definitely keeping him in the squads. Elneny, 100%. Move him on. Willock, move him on. We can move on these centre midfielders, but the obsession, I think, around Xhaka and the way that people view him, I still think is hyperbolic, but he's not, he shouldn't be an Arsenal starter, but I certainly feel he's someone that can offer something for Arsenal when they need someone to come in. He's a, he's a good player. I don't, I just don't agree with people who don't think that is the case. Yes, he's got mistakes in him. Yes, we should upgrade on him, but he's not bad. He's not a bad player by any means. Um, Wilson says, oh, come on, Tom. Cedric is far better offensively and defensive than Bellerin, simple as that. Yes, right now he is. I'm not denying that. Right now, Cedric is better based on form, but out and out and on paper, I don't believe he is. It's just my view. It's just my view. Uh, Chris P says, Bellerin always has a bounce in form after getting displaced. He ends up getting comfortable. I expect Bellerin to improve now, uh, keeping him on his toes. Unfortunately, Tini's injury meant that he got comfy. And it's very good to point that out. And I think a lack of competi competition in the team has definitely led to kind of a downgrade in kind of performances that have come through. And that is down to recruitment again, is making sure that we bring in enough players throughout the season. And it's tricky to do that when you haven't got too much money to spend. <laughs> really, really tricky. Um, Joe says, Xhaka doesn't provide enough, to be honest. Very limited. And again, he's a limited footballer, but he's still a good limited footballer that we should upgrade on. There's always this obsession about wanting to just chuck players out. Think realistically. Think level-headedly. Think what actually we can do. That's what frustrates me so much, is that we just don't sometimes... We think with our, our heart and not our heads, and our frustrations get in the way of actually making us, as fans sometimes, make kind of level-headed decisions. It's just how I see it. Um, Jamie says, any news on Smith Rowe? No, they haven't identified the actual injury yet. I heard absolutely zero. Um, I'm sure that they'll hear from Arteta after the game. Uh, it's, it's again. It happened very quickly in the first half. It didn't look. It didn't look like. Uh, oh my god, he's going to be out for the whole season. It looked like a muscular sort of thing. So it could be a few weeks. Which we've got Erdogan. So fingers crossed he can deputise in the meantime. Vinny says Bellerin is to blame for his own drop in form due to his poor dietary choice. Um. I don't know how much of that has an impact, Vinny. I really don't. 
I don't know how much of it. I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to speculate whatsoever. Uh, Ed says, we won away to the third place team in the league while on our rotation lineup. This squad is making progress for sure. Uh, Juan says, Xhaka matured. He could have had a Xhaka moment when he, get, uh, when he got hit in the face. He could have done... <laughs> He's still got a bit of a hot head. I don't feel like that's something that's ever going to try and change. Uh, Michael says, Tom, would you try and get Erdogan on a permanent slash loan deal at the end of the next season? Again, it's a decision that I will wait until the end. It's too short of a period of time to justify saying bringing him in full time. I will wait until the end of the season to make a full judgment on that. But if it was based on what we've seen so far, I think it's a no-brainer. Absolute no-brainer. Ron Stone says, Emil Smith-Rowe's knee is the problem. I saw a couple of people saying that... Um, it was muscular. Um, Abbe says, Martinelli on loan in the summer? No, because I think we're going to be losing enough forward players in Lacazette, in Nelson, in um, in Nketiah. Like I think we're going to lose enough forward players. We'll still need him in the squad. This isn't Martinelli's season. He's come back from a long, long injury. He's still got a lot of places and a lot of places for competition ahead of him. He's still only 19 years old. He still needs to refine a lot of his abilities. He's very raw, in my opinion, still. He had a really good breakout year. I get all of that. But he's still exceptionally young. People are panicking way too much, way too quickly about Martinelli. It's not the right time to do that. Next season, we're moving players on. He'll get more of an opportunity. I'm sure he'll be fine. Arteta rates the guy. I, I tweeted out, people just think all of a sudden, because he's not playing, there must be some kind of personal agenda of Arteta and against Martinelli. I don't get it. Football happens so quickly. There's lots of games in a short space of time. And two months ago, Arteta was speaking glowingly of this guy. Just because he's not played him every single week and he's trying to protect him and he thinks that other players in the team are more deserving of starts right now than a 19-year-old kid... It does not mean he's got a personal agenda against him. He is very likable as a player because he runs, he puts in effort, he wins tackles, he pressurizes, he tracks back. A lot of energy about his game, which makes him a very likable character. He needs to still work on a lot of things in his game, his final ball, his finishing, his positioning in the final third. These things need to improve. And that is very natural for a 19-year-old to need to get better at those things. But when you've got players that are more experienced and, for me, are better than him on paper, you are not going to see him start every week. There is a desperation amongst fans, and it goes back to this point again. Oh, I've gone blurry again. It goes back to this point before about how, because the lack of quality in the first team leads to frustrations about team selection, we're desperate to see something else. Just because he's not playing, it's not something to panic about. It really, really isn't. Do not lose your head. It's going to be fine. I get there's PTSD of Arsenal losing players of real quality and losing young players like Serge Gnabry, etc. You can't just let that be the, the barometer for everything. It can't be the litmus test for everything. It doesn't apply to every single player. Como says a point that I really wanted to pick up on. He says, Louise has been excellent lately. When he's, on, uh, when he's on, we look good right through the team. His influence on our team is important, and I don't care about his occasional head explosions, quality, and a leader. Louise has been really good. Would I still sign him up to a new contract in the summer? I'm really reluctant to do that. Purely because Saliba's coming back and Mavropanos could be coming back. We've got players there. We've got players that need to play more. And 
because of those head explosions, I'm not as forgiving, Como, of those. He's given away more penalties, I think, than any other centre-back. He's gotten more red cards than any other centre-back since arriving at Arsenal. It's not things that I can easily overlooked based upon a series of good performances. He is also aging to the point, I think he's now, he's 32 or 33 now. Let me double check. He is 33 and he turns 34 in April. So I wouldn't, for me, get him a new contract. It's not something that I'm in support of right now. I think there's too many on the con list in comparison to the pro list. But fair play to him, because I think he has been absolutely excellent so far in a fair few of these games this season. Uh, Partey says, Tom, even Arteta says at the beginning of the season, Cedric is better going forward than Bellerin. Bellerin needs to go. Jashar says, Tom, as much as I want to see Martinelli, I had previously said we won't see the best of him until next season. So I get Arteta on this, Kian says, how is Mavropanos getting on? From all I'm told, I've not watched a hell of a lot of Stuttgart games. I've watched a couple of them for research purposes. And he was good. He was solid. He was consistent. I think he can come in and be a, a really good kind of... I mean, when you're looking at between him and Chambers, they're very similar levels in terms of performance that I've seen from Mavropanos at Stuttgart. In the few examples I've seen, he's performed at a fairly similar level to what Chambers has. And I think Chambers is someone that maybe we can move on in the future. And Mavropanos is a younger player coming through that was spotted by Sven Mislintat, I think is a good prospect. Um, Andre says, with him and the nine days I made profit. Oh, are you talking about trading again? <laughs> Goodness sake, this obsession with trading is so frustrating. <laughs> so frustrating. Um, Matt G says, I'm not expecting Martinelli to start every game, but we were 3-1 up. I would have brought him on instead of Aubameyang. Um, maybe. I don't disagree with that. There was an opportunity to give him some minutes. There really was, and that didn't happen. Uh, it is what it is at the end of the day. Ansgar says, we actually have quite a few players that might bring in money this summer if we really do try to sell them. Lacazette, Genduzzi, Torreira, Mafropanos, Mainsley, Nelson, and Ketia is one I would add to that as well. We'll be able to go really big if we can move these players on. And we can if we do move them on. That is the important thing. Ingar says, the weird and the performance today is great. Ah, oh, but always within guards, there's a, you know. Unfortunately, it doesn't erase the 11 losses we've had in the league. In guards, I, I, I really, really hope that after a win, just focus on trying to be positive. Because if we get, and this goes for anyone, if you go through life not being able to enjoy things because there's always a negative thing on the other side, You'll get to your, you'll get to old age. You'll look back and you go, oh god, I really wasted so much possible possible positivity that I could have had. I was absolutely buzzing after this Leicester win. I was ecstatic, so so much. I couldn't care less about some of the negatives in the game. To be honest, I'll highlight them for analytical purposes, but I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less about the position that we are in in the league because I'm seeing progression. I'm seeing things change. A lot of things have gone against us this season as to why I don't care as much about the league position. I think it is a it doesn't fully represent the position that we should be in based upon some of the things that have gone against us this year. I'm not I don't think it's a fair representation. Next year after we've been given more backing in the transfer window, after Arteta has improved his squad, had longer with it, if we are no better in the league than we are right now, then yes, 
feel free, ask your questions. But after we've gone to the team that are placed joint second in the table and beaten them comfortably of a really good performance off the back of rotating heavily through necessity, that is something to be happy about. And it is not something to start throwing out just negatives next to the win. I'm so sick of it. I, I understand why there is so much negativity because things for Arsenal as a fan have not been great. I get it. I have empathy for you. I just really struggle with the always the kind of constant, persistent need to bring some kind of negative edge to something that I thought today was really great. Uh, Red Chem says, where should we be in the league then, Tom? I think we could have been higher. I really do. If we'd have had Partey for most of the season, if some of the things that have gone against us, the Wolves game, if we had managed to win the Wolves game, I feel like we go into that Villa game very differently and we could be in a completely different position in the table. It's just football. Sometimes things don't go the way they're supposed to or that they're meant to or that they can do. I feel that if Partey was with us for the full season, we would have been in a very different place this year. We didn't have him. And when ultimately as a team like Arsenal that has struggled with recruitment over the years. And on the on paper, its squad is flawed. It's not cohesive. It's not great. And there are a lot of better units and squads than Arsenal have in the league. And effectively, all that you do is bring in one player in Gabriel Magalhaesh, which I pronounce wrong every time, because that's all we really managed to do is bring in Gabriel because Partey's barely been available for us. And every other team around you upgrades and improves more heavily, of course it's going to be a struggle. Of course we're not going to be up there competing for the title this season or even up there competing for the top four this season. It's just for me, it doesn't make contextual sense. I think we have the capacity, the potential to do that. And I think we have the capacity to do it under this coach because I've seen changes at this club that I've not seen under any of the two previous coaches over the last decade. Neither of those two coaches identified the key areas of the pitch that we needed to upgrade on. Initially, we needed, we needed to improve on the spine and the players that we improved them with, Mustafi and Xhaka under Wenger, were not good enough. Unai Emery comes in and he wants to spend money on a forward. When again, we need to improve the spine. Arteta, first summer window, signs a top-class centre-back, signs a world-class centre-midfielder. It's just the change that I've wanted at Arsenal for so long is for someone to come in and identify the areas of change that are needed, improve the defence, which has been done, compete against bigger, bigger teams in the league, away from home, at home. And that has also improved and progressed. Things haven't gone our way. They really, really haven't. And that's what frustrates me. And Cookie Monster, don't you dare turn around now and have me anyone say it's now on edu about recruitment because if you watch and you listen to the interviews transfers recruitment is a cohesive thing between the pair of them his first summer was when he was upgraded to manager and the interviews that were conducted showed that arteta is integrated into the recruitment setup under and with Edu. So don't try and take it away from Arteta because it's pathetic. Pathetic. And it really annoys me when people just try and go, oh, it doesn't fit my, my agenda. Let's try and skew it a different way. If I'm wrong, I hold my hands up. And it frustrates me that other people just can't do the same sometimes. Um, Ingar says, I don't see it as negative. It's reality. I'm absolutely buzzing with today's win. I want Arsenal to win every single game. Again, Ingars, it's just it's just the persistence. It's the persistence in each show where I see specific um, accounts like yourself that will spin that negative view. It just finds it frustrating. 
And I accept it, and I accept the opposite opinion, and I'm willing to debate it. I'm willing to have that discussion. It's just frustrating that you come off the back of a win and we're thrown out with these negative kind of sidebars to things. That's what really gets me, gets, really gets me frustrated. Um, Yonit Max says, Tom, I get you're still backing this dude, but saying things haven't gone our way is a terrible excuse. Again, I don't see it as an excuse. I see it as fact. How you cannot see that not having a world-class centre midfielder when the midfield is the worst part of Arsenal's team is not having something go your way. I don't get it. I don't understand how you can't see that as a real drawback of Arsenal's season. Really do. The amount of instances also that have gone against us in games. You look at the Leicester home game with the Lacazette goal that was wrongly chalked out. You look at the Wolves game, the decision that went against us. You look at the lack of the penalty not being given against uh, for us in the Aston Villa game. The mistakes that we've made, some of the key errors that have happened, they're not down to Arteta. They're down to the persistence of those players being in the squad still and they're going to take time to move on. And that's another thing that we've been able to do is move on the deadwood. We've been crying out for someone to come into this squad and be ruthless with the players that don't deserve to be here. And we've finally got someone that's doing that. And still people struggle to see what changes are being made and what progression is because everyone fixates on the league position. And I get league position is important. It is. But when what has happened to us in this year has happened, it's so explainable to be where we are right now, especially with how good other teams have been. I don't expect West Ham to be sitting in the top four come the end of the season. And if they do, it will be because they have recruited well under David Moyes and because he's managed to get some really good stuff out of that team that they've managed to keep fit. The likes of Kufal, Suchek, Lingard that's now come in. Jared Bowen's been excellent. Antonio's been excellent. His players have done really well this season. David Moyes was at West Ham previously before Pellegrini came in. They made the mistake. They got rid of David Moyes and then they brought him back in and he's continued to do the good job that he was doing anyway. That's what's frustrating is that people just go, oh, look, it's West Ham. West Ham are crap. Why are they above us? No, reality isn't like that. West Ham are actually a decent side and they're gradually been improving with the investment they've been making. They've identified the areas in recruitment that they've made when they brought in the likes of Felipe Anderson um, and who's the other one, uh, Yarmolenko. These guys they brought in from abroad didn't do that great. But they've actually thought, okay, what do we need to do? I know, let's go and sign players from within England. Let's go and sign Jared Bowen. Let's go and sign Saeed Benrahma. Yes, we can still try and find some gems from outside of the UK, bringing in Kufal, bringing in Suchek. I get that. It's just frustrating because there's so much snobbery and there's so much arrogance about the Arsenal fan base that it frustrates me. And you're never gonna, I'm, ne I'm never going to sit here and be able to convince everyone to change their point of view. And ultimately, I've probably tried to do that for too long. I've probably tried to sit here and try and change people's minds about the club for too long. And I, I kind of sit here now and I just go, look, I just have to accept that fact. Not everyone's going to come in on here and go, oh, you know what? This guy's making so much sense. Like, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I feel like changing your mind about things is a completely fine thing to do and we welcome opposite views. And it's often why I point out and bring up comments in the chat which are different to my opinion. And I wish I could get more people onto the show from other podcasts, other channels, other whatever you want to call them on social media that do have a different view. I loved when I had Dan Potts on the show and me and him had a really good chat. And I hope on Tuesday when Turkish comes on, me and him are going to have a really good chat too. But I've sat there and I've offered opportunities to people on other channels and of other high Twitter followings to come on. You've got an audience, you've got a following and you have a different point of view to me. Come on and have a chat. And what's the answer? No. 
I've, I've given them that opportunity. And it's frustrating that people don't want to come on because they think that, that people, it's very, very hard to build up. I'm very, very envious in the same way of, of Craig at same old Arsenal because you have a fantastic, um, you've got a great core group there. Not to say my boys aren't. It's just in the same way that you've got Harry and you've got Craig who are on very much on one side and you've got judges and you've got Dan on the other side and it creates a really good discussion. My boys are excellent at TGT. Everyone on the show, I'm not going to go through a name, I'm just in case I forget someone. But the boys that come on the podcast, the boys that we have on every single week and we're trying to broaden that so it's not just lads as well, we really are. Um, so we get a lot more kind of diversity on the show as well. Um and obviously we've had Jess come on recently and as well, and that was great. Um, and we've obviously we've had a few guests come on recently with very, very different views, as I've already talked about with Dan. Adding that diversity of opinion, that's what I feel like is important. Also, it's great getting the members on. And I, I very much realised that the members on the channel, you want to support something typically because you agree with it and you back it and you support it. And I know a lot of the members share a lot of my views. I don't want this to become an echo chamber. I don't want it to. And someone said it on a show the other day that they thought the show sounded like a little bit like an echo chamber. And in part, I do agree with that. I agree that there is an element of maybe TGT becoming a little bit too much echoey, too much of the same vibe. And I'd love to get more people on that have differing views to have that debate, have that discussion. I've offered it. And people haven't wanted to, to take that bite. So is what it is. Again, we'll keep trying and we'll keep doing it. Um, Yonick says, yeah, I think it's time Omar becomes a member and gets on. Omar can't become a member for some reason. It's not available in his uh, location, which is a shame. Um, so I'd love to have a chat with him. And I'm sure uh, well, I've tried to get him on. I really have. I've tried to get Omar on. Um, we'll see what happens in the future. Maybe we can convince him. <laughs> Maybe we'll get him on. Deary me. Um, Timo Pest says, you're right, Tom. Arteta out. <laughs> Oh, and, and some of my members are morons. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, Ed says, the, opposite, the opposing viewpoints don't come on the show because their base will consider them selling out. I'm, I'm not paying them, Ed. <laughs> I'm not paying them to come on, son. <laughs> I'm self-employed now, mate. I can't afford it. Can't afford to do it, mate. Um, Ingars. Ingars, to be fair, is now one of our new members. And whilst me and Ingars do not share the same views about many things... Um, if you become an expert member in guards, then uh, come on a, a expert members podcast and we can have a chat, son. Uh, in fact, I don't know if you already are, but uh, it'd be good to have you on and have a chat, mate. It really would, genuinely. Uh, Chris P says it's because a lot of them don't want their minds changed or can't argue their point with facts. Um, some ways, I think Dan Potts does a really good job at, at like putting his thoughts across, explaining them. I don't agree with them. Again, Dan's a really good example of someone who has a differing view and explains his viewpoints really well. Como says, Tom, your passion and intelligence and sense of fairness makes this channel. Thank you ever so much, mate. I really, really appreciate that. Uh, Yonick says, now nah, the opposite side won't come on because the ins are as hyperbolic as the outs. I, I appreciate the use of the word hyperbolic. Um, I don't feel I'm hyperbolic. I really don't. I feel like I can stay as grounded as feasibly possible and explain all of my points of view with as much evidence as feasibly possible. I, I really struggle to feel how I can add any more evidence to my point of view. 
That's what I really struggle with. And Jashar says, Tom, I think we lost a lot of ground this season when we changed formation, yet Partey wasn't available regularly. That's a really good point, Jashar. At the end of last season, Arteta basically compensated for our lack of defensive solidity by switching to a 3-4-3. He's wanted to change to this back four, and it's cost us at, at times. You can't just immediately transition from a 3-4-3 to a back four. It's an excellent point. And, and we've lost games because of that. We've lost games because of that, for sure. Trying to transition, trying to change, trying to be a little bit more protagonistic. That has cost us. So 100%, I think, is spot on. 100%. Um, uh, peanut butter jelly time. Fantastic name. <laughs> Says, uh, disagree. It's not an echo chamber to support uh, the team you love. No, that's not what I meant. An echo chamber, I describe it as people who come on the show and we all have very similar views. Um, and so there's a lot of agreement and less kind of debate about things, um, which I want more of on the channel. I really do. Um, Yonick says, not so much you, Tom. The Twitter merchants uh, with the Arsenal profile pictures. Hypocritical, I know. <laughs> not all of them. Not all of them. Really not. Jimmy, in answer to your question, I'm not going to highlight. First one, I have said no. Second one, no chance. I'm not having people on the show that have spoken as abusively about the manager as that on the channel. Michael says, I sometimes feel it's hard to talk to the other side because they feel so intransigent. And that, see, <laughs> I love the high-level vocab. <laughs> so, as a former teacher, I appreciate this uh, in their position. They just dish out um, the ad harmonium attacks um, to those with whom they don't agree with. Yeah. Uh, Bo says, Tom, can we have an end to taglines like, uh, is it make or break for Arteta? We need to support our manager. Um, I doubt you'll ever see an end to stuff like that. Plus, at the end of the day, Bo, realistically, content creators, even like myself, you have to create a product that people are going to want to go to, to, to click on, to, to watch. And I feel I try and do it in the most organic, truthful, legitimate way possible. Not everyone wants to do it that way. That's absolutely fine. I think that's a reason behind fast growth in other areas. I think it's why it's very difficult to do it, trying to be as kind of level-headed as possible. Um, but I'm not going to change. That's 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 who I am. That's who the channel is. And that's how it will always continue to be. Um, Kian says, Tom, get expressions on for the Arsenal Spurs game. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. Um Vignesh says, Willian is better than Ziyech. Has he got more assists this season? <laughs> I think he does, which is really great. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't know who that is, Yonick. You'll have to you have to send me a link on Twitter to who that is. Ben says, who at the start of the season didn't think Arteta wouldn't need time? Everybody says it, but few actually really mean it. Vignesh says, Pablo Marie bullied Vardy today. Yeah, hit that run. I love the amount of myths were, that were kind of busted in part today. And one of those was the fact that people said that Marie was slow. I thought he defended exceptionally poorly for the first goal. Should have closed down Tielemans, didn't. But in the, rate, the foot race with Vardy, he really showed that he is certainly not um, slow by any sense of the imagination. Um, Tebow says, Tom, your analysis is limpid. How about that for a word? 
<laughs> Such a bastard. Ingar says, I disagree with a lot of stuff, but I keep it polite and back my points. I am fair, I think. And that's why, Ingars, I don't, I don't, um, what's the right word of saying this without using a, an expletive word? Um, I don't disregard you. I continue to read out your points and your opinions. I personally disagree with them, but I don't throw them to the wayside because, again, I respect your point of view. Uh, Pablo says, we had a healthy discussion and differences in opinion in regards to William starting. You win this round. <laughs> we did, mate. Just said, keep an open mind, son. Keep an open mind and maybe maybe things will change. Uh, Mr. Joe Kerr says, such polarizing opinions within our fan base to me um grossly counterproductive for what is essentially fandom we should look to football for enjoyment not misery unfortunately joe misery gets a lot more views drama gets a lot more views um than, than thinking positively and thinking supportively humans love drama I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I've talked about it. There's TV programs that I love that are full of drama and uh, I enjoy it. But yeah, it's not about the content that I want to produce. So that's just, that's how it goes. Um, Vinny says, pace isn't critical for a centre about the likes of Terry and Metazaka didn't have pace. Marie isn't a slouch and reads the game very well. Rodney says, I think El Elneny should have been more active in that first goal. He wasn't he was just marking space and not going for the danger. I thought Elneny was probably the poorest of the players on the pitch today, personally. Um, Fubar says, today's results, uh, one of many waypoints towards progress. Waypoint, another good word. Uh, Peanut says, time to give Arteta some credit. If we cannot, if we can recruit when in the summer, Arteta can be judged properly next season. But this season, it feels uh, he's had his hands tied. Um We'll read out a few more comments. Uh, Pablo A says, another Pablo. See, Pablo, you're the fraud gam, Pablo. And uh, Pablo Mira is our flying fish, Pablo, from TGT. So uh, it's a crossover. <laughs> it's a crossover of Hugh and Tom's Pablos. <laughs> Ty says, I love how Xhaka starts to express himself more when Partey is on the pitch. Uh, Ingar says, Tom, in your honest opinion, is Edu and Vinay the ones to take us forward? For me, Omar, Overmars and O'Leary would be better in those positions. Ingars, honestly, I don't think there's enough evidence as of yet. And the evidence that we do have of Edu, I think he's done some really decent things, to be honest. I don't think he's done enough to make me go, I don't think he's the right guy. Um, so from the work that was done in January, getting players out, getting some really key players in on loan, identifying the right positions that we need to strengthen in, the emphasis on getting some more physical players that he talked about at the end of the summer window. I see all of that as positive. Vinay, I don't know about. I genuinely do not know enough about him. As far as I'm aware, he was more to do with the commercial side of things, but recently has kind of become more ingrained with the club as a whole, with his promotion after Raul left. I don't know enough. We will see in time. Again, these positions at clubs, it's not long enough for an assessment to have happened already. And I know that people want quick wins. They want things to improve. This isn't FIFA. You can't just go out and buy FIFA points and expect things are going to change. It's just not real. It's just not how the world works, especially when you have an owner like we do. And, and that's the problem. John Hudson says, missed the game, but I'm thrilled that we got all three points. Top four is out of question, but top six is still achievable. Uh, Igbo says, William was given man of the match. Rodney says, Daniel Robert, we have to in regards to what Dan was saying before. Didn't expect to win today, but there's no excuse for not beating Burnley. <laughs> you see, this is the thing, is we win a game, and then it's like, if we don't win the next one, 
I'm getting my pitchfork out again. And it's like, it's one really positive thing then leads into the next and it doesn't quite go to plan. All hell bloke breaks loose. And that's that's what's frustrating. Um, it's really frustrating that there's so many blooming that Spurs are already 3-0 up today, which is ugh, disgusting. I really hope that Kane hasn't got too many points in fantasy because <laughs> I, I have a no Spurs rule in my fantasy. So... Let's have a look. Has he got... No, he's got a goal. Did he get an assist? Did he get the assist? No, he didn't. But Son did. Ugh. My fantasy league's going to be going to hell. <laughs> uh, Ansgar says, I think keeping Louise makes sense. If we have the funds to bring in someone much better after spending on a cam or a centre bid and maybe a striker, it's cool. Uh, I'm cool with it. Fair enough. Uh, Vinny says, that is the issue, Tom. We need to find consistency, which is what is frustrating. Um, Fubar says Vinay is the guy that's sorting out a non-match day revenue and has done pretty well I think looking at Adidas and the Emirates etc maybe but now he's more integrated into the club as a whole he's moved all, not, he hasn't moved away from the commercial side but he's got way more responsibility than just the commercial side Marley says love the no Spurs yeah obviously never have a single Spurs player in my fantasy team none I've got other Arsenal fans that are in my league they got Spurs players because they're not real Arsenal fans I'm just throwing it out there Dan Robert I'm looking at you son I know you've got a few Spurs players in there that you've had them this season. You can't hide from me, mate. I don't agree with it. It's not. It's just. It's just not fair. <laughs> it's just not how it works. Uh, Ron Stone says, "Why do you think it has taken so long for Willian to start coming good?" Ron, honestly, I don't know. I have no explanation for it. No one expected the drop off that we saw from him this season, but it's just the reality of what has happened so far. Uh, Benjamin says, I think we need to keep in mind the external factors this season. COVID, no fans, lack of preseason, case and point of Liverpool sitting in six. Uh, Vignesh says, this victory against Leicester was due uh, over a year ago. So Hill says, I think Edu had an added responsibility this season uh, with Richard Garlic coming in. He will have his work cut out. Maybe so. Uh, that will happen, obviously, at the end of this current season. Um, Ty Breezy says, my number one rule in FPL is play of your head, not your heart. <laughs> I often uh, don't go by that rule, and I'm assuming that's an explanation for you having Spurs players in there, and uh, I have no respect. No respect at all. Anyway, that is going to finish off today's show. If you could drop a like on the video, I'd really, really appreciate it. Of course, all the shows are now going out on audio-only platforms, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you have a spare five minutes to go onto iTunes and leave us a review. I can't tell you how much that would mean to me if you could do that. I'd really appreciate that. Um, and any reviews, five-star review and just leave a, a, a written comment or two would be amazing uh, if you could do that. I'll be back tomorrow for the podcast at 8.30. I'll be joined by, let me just check again, uh, Owen, Wayne and Mike will be coming on uh, tomorrow evening at 8.30 UK time. Then on Tuesday is the Let's Talk Arsenal show. I'll be joined by Turkish. So make sure you come and join us for that. Drop a like on the video, guys. I'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal, cheerio. And Willian is an absolute legend. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.